It's the story of a girl, from the guy who knows her best. And it's not who you think. This is Jennifer, your geeky diva. Join me for a very special simul podcast as the girl on tech and the journey start right now. of the Clay County Journal, which is the newest entry under the Tech Buddies section of GirlOnTech.com. And I am here with a very, very, very special guest. And let me tell you a little bit about this guy. Um, I met him, God, was it almost 21 years ago? 1984. 1984. Very good years. Oh, very good God. Years. <laughs> we went to the same elementary school. Correct. You were two grades ahead of me. Correct. And it was a checking of pink hair, if I remember right. It was a wig. Maybe. It was a you no, it wasn't a wig. You you sprayed your hair pink. No, actually, it was 
orange, as I recall. And it was one of my mother's wigs from the yard sale industry. It was that that led to one of the closest and best friendships I've ever had. Period. Bar none. End of story. I'm here with the publisher of the Clay County Journal and a police officer from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Not too far up the road from another tech buddy of ours in Appleton. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, Chuck Tomasi from Chuck Chat. I am here with the one, the only, my best friend, my brother by another mother, the guy I love to death, Mr. James C. Pittman. James. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, everything is very small these days. We, Jennifer and I used to work in the same radio station here in Indiana. Yeah. And large headphones and huge microphones and control panels and pot this up and pot this down and put on the reel-to-reel -reel tape and then burn it or, you know, record it. Nobody burned anything these days. The funny part being that they burned down the radio station we used to work oh, at. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a story we'll tell later. Yeah, that's an arsonist <laughs> story. But everything has changed now. Everything is so, so tiny and so, so micro, and you can actually see the voice on a computer screen. Um, definitely things have advanced since the magnetic tape age of... Well, the which 80s. Is, yeah, which Actually, in the 80s, when I first started at the radio station, we were still in the late 60s, so things are really, really advanced by about 40 years on this end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I am here. Uh, I am the publisher of the Clay County Journal and the, the president and CEO and uh, head maintenance guy. Yes, the head maintenance guy, the custodian for Centerpoint Media. <laughs> and uh, I've been on this job for about two years. I had a vision two years ago to start another paper in this town and the county because I felt we needed it. Mm -hmm. So, let's go back, James, to see if we can show our age. Because mm -hmm. you're 32 now. I'm 31. 31. You'll be, you will be 32. Does it matter? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And see, we met in 84. Mm -hmm. I remember it was the school Halloween party. Yes. Um, not, you... much of, not much of a party to it by today's standards. Pretty much, all right, kiddies. Or actually, I should do the accent. All right, you kids, now it's in your costume. <laughs> Line up. We're going to walk around yeah, and show sure. all the all the teachers and all the kids and all the students in the school what y'all look like. <laughs> That would be the local dialect, am I not right? Oh, yes. yes oh, yes, yes. And I was on my way to the bathroom for, to do something. I don't remember what. I don't think it was having to go to the bathroom, but I think I had to change. And you stopped me asking me if I could check out your hair. <laughs> right. And it's been a ride ever since. Yes. <laughs> It's been a wonderful 21 years of doing you. We go a couple of years sometimes without chatting. Yes. But but every time we do get back together, it's as though no time ever passed. Yeah, I know. It uh, is. And, and that, that's truly a great friendship. There are people who I see every day, and I, I can't find more than five minutes worth of conversation with them. So it, it's quite nice. Quite nice. <laughs> oh, and, and so much has changed. I, I, I never in my wildest, JP, would ever see you as a policeman. Yes, this is from the man who got picked on a lot during school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's really changed. But I don't know. It all started with um, 
going to college at Bethel College, which is now Bethel University in downtown St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The well, home uh, nearby of another podcaster, uh-huh. Miss Wanda Wisdom. Oh, excellent. Who I just got basically hooked on thanks to Fausto. <laughs> um, so at Bethel College, I, I, I needed a job, so I worked uh, Bethel College Security. And um, I don't know, it becomes addictive going, stop, where's your pass? You don't have a parking pass <laughs> on your uniform, a pledge pin. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it's wonderful exercise uh, authority. Flashback to animal house. It's wonderful. And we didn't have any animal houses on, on Bethel College's campus. I mean, animal house was, you know, if a prayer session got too much out of hand. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I left there thinking it was a great school. And for the most part, it is, at least in the English department where I was all four years. But... Bethel College is run by the Swedish Baptists. We don't have any of those in Indiana, and it was quite a different cultural exchange. Uh-huh. So that was a different experience. But but in doing in doing that first job at Bethel College, I, I learned to become a college security guard. And after I got my degree in English writing and worked for some newspapers for a while, I would cover the fire and police beats. Mm-hmm. And it was great going to the police station, the fire station, every Monday morning, reading through the reports. But as I read through these police reports, I realized they had a much better weekend than I had. I was watching <laughs> cops on Saturday night, and you guys were out there busting heads and spraying people with mace and yelling, uh-huh. stop! And, and I said, well, I can do that too. So I um, went back to school at Metropolitan State University in St. Paul. Um, and believe me, after being at a private four-year, very expensive college for four years, going to metro state which is like i don't know the kmart of college in minnesota it was a difference um <laughs> but i got my law enforcement certificate through minnesota and uh applied for a couple jobs and after a couple things changed in my life uh the most notable we'll being, talk about that later yes most notable being the birth of my son isaac isaac mateo in december 2003 i decided he needed to get back closer to indiana and that brought me to the Chicago area, and um, I live in Kenosha, and I work just—I work now just over the Illinois border uh-huh. as a uh, the man, the fuzz, the fuzz, <laughs> He's the, the ultimate fuzz. voice of authority. <laughs> you. And that's 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 most of my story. And a man who couldn't even squeak a high note in choir. <laughs> well, you know, puberty and all that. You know. Oh God, yes. <laughs> Um, we have to, um, we can't leave out a couple of, uh, bananas from the bunch. Mm-hmm. Mr. Troy. Yes, Mr. Troy, Troy Nichols. Troy Nichols. Who is now married to the beautiful Moira, and they have... Three kids. Three children now. Uh, I lost touch with Troy a while back, and if you ever listen to this, uh, I am sorry. Um, actually, you're involved in this, because you emailed me his, his mom died, and then he yes. called me and left his phone number, and I thought, okay... Uh, I got that message at yeah. 1 o'clock in the morning or something. I'll call Troy the next day. Well, hey, you know, life isn't easy when you are when you have a child and you're moving from state to state. And Yeah. I couldn't pay my cell phone bill, and it got disconnected like, like that next day. And when I checked for his number, I lost everything. I, I couldn't pay the bill. So uh, that happened, and some things happened with, with me going into business down here, and then yeah. Girl troubles in Minnesota, baby troubles with 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 the mom who is wonderful, by the way. Just some troubles on my end. Um, I lost touch with Troy, and I felt mm-hmm. so bad I wasn't there for his mom's death. But if ever I were to see him, I I would definitely Aww. say I was sorry for not being there for him. So, any other shout outs? Uh, Sean. 
Yes, Mr. Mr. Sean Harris, uh, who served our country as a ground pounder marine in Somalia. Yes. And then later went back to be um, an Air Force intelligence analyst. And, and he is back in town now. He's back in the area. He is attending Indiana State University and is pursuing a career as, I believe, this week it's a history teacher. <laughs> this week. week. <laughs> but uh, I think he's going to go to school until his grant runs out and, and really take the, the Veterans Administration for all that they're worth. <laughs> if you've ever been to a VA hospital, you know it's not much. Yes, yes. So I, I, there is a story. He, you, you mentioned earlier that we worked together for a small time at a station, WSDM, WBZL at the mm -hmm. time, which is now a huge conglomerate, which ironically enough, the station was about a short five minutes from my house mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. Shall we delve into the legend that was Saturday night? <laughs> Like this is actor's studio. I hadn't thought of that in a while. <laughs> when I when I was fourteen, and media, especially around here, but it really has always been this way. Media changes hands um, more than the girls at Sixth Avenue in Terre Haute. But <laughs> James, not that I know. This James, is based on on higher opinion, of course. James, I have twelve year olds that listen to this show. Let's keep it clean. Well, they don't know what that place is. They're. Uh, he, Okay, Chuck, if Julie and Lisa ask what 6th Avenue is, please don't tell them. I'll tell you later. Un lugar en lo que las mujeres de Pero no se importa en este momento. But um, I speak Spanish too, by the way. Pretty oh, damn good, I think. Yes, you do. <laughs> but um, media changes hands. And two owners ago, before the, the current administration, uh, there was a company that owned WSDM, and it was just a small town radio station. That's all it was, and only really broadcast in the Brazil Clay County area. Well, I wanted a show. I wanted to be David Letterman. So, you really wanted to be David Letterman yeah, I know, at the time. Quite sad, but <laughs> well, he used to be funny 20, 20 years ago. But I sat down at a manual typewriter and typed out what I thought was a business proposal, to uh -huh. the best of my abilities, and I put on a nice Sunday dress outfit. Um, I needed a sidekick, so I invited Troy. Yes. Troy Nichols. And he and I went in there. He was dressed in his church clothes as well. And we pitched a show. Just yes. This, and it's really no different from, from what I've heard people do in modern entertainment, whether it's pitching their book to a publisher or, or pitching their, their show to a, a medium. We pitched this show to the operations manager at the radio station. And I guess they were quite impressed. To me, I thought this was quite normal. I thought every 14-year-old was out there. I'd just have to stand in line and, and wait on the casting couch. But they were quite impressed that a 14-year-old would type up this proposal and want to show. So, uh, December 5th, 1987, uh, Troy and I went on the air with Saturday, Saturday Night, Night the Youth, Youth Activity, Activity Show. show. <laughs> so it was, it was a train wreck, actually. Very prepubescent, very much adolescent, but but clean and wholesome in its own way. But even then, I think you could hear my my predilection for double entendre. Oh yeah, plays on words and anything that's a bit a bit blue almost. Oh yes, sexual innuendo. Even at fourteen, I was yes. putting out on the radio. Um, <laughs> so I, I was a cheeky lad, even in those days. Yes, you were. And by the way, if any of you people are wondering. I spent six months in England during my writing um, study days at Bethel University, so yes. that's why I, I go into British accent sometimes. It's funny when you compare it to the Clay County dialect, is all I can say. <laughs> and 
you brought me into the whole Saturday night thing. Because, should we tell him? I don't recall. <laughs> I feel like I you, might have sent a house you, up you, you and I actually tried dating for a little bit. If one could call that. <laughs> yeah. And 14 year old is just called. Oh, yeah. You want to go out? Sure. <laughs> all, all right. You know, if only those traits carried over to the 30s. Oh, um, yes. But yes, yes, we, we, did, we did date for a spell, and I invited you on the show because we needed a, a female angle. Get, get yes. going to the heart of the female viewers. Now, base, I, I felt I was, a, I was a joke screener is what I was. You well, would call me up the night, night before. You would call me up the night before, and you would go over all of these jokes that you had written. That I written, and I really did write it. I, yeah, I you was, did. You know, and I did. You know, go into writing later as a career. So, <laughs> and you would honestly ask me which ones were funny and which ones weren't, and the ones I thought you were <laughs> were funny, you actually used. Correct. correct. Yes. So mm -hmm. it was good resource even in those days. <laughs> So what brought about the demise of Saturday Night? I don't remember. Some deal happened where, I don't know, Troy Nichols answered the business phone. Yeah. They told us, boys, we appreciate your help, but when, you know, just come here, do your little show, and leave. Don't talk to customers. Don't answer the business phone. But Troy did anyways. And some guy was calling for the news director, and Troy says, I don't know, James, where is he? And I said, yeah, he's in England. Don't know why I chose England, but I did. <laughs> and, you know, and Troy never could figure out sarcasm in his younger days. Hopefully he's gotten better. But he says, I'm sorry, sir, he's in England. Oh, God. <laughs> and I guess uh, this guy told the news director, and the news director told the station manager, and the station manager came in and, was kind of mean to us as, as young young lads. So was it Tony Jordan? No, I, it was long before that. It was a local lady named Susan Mercer who grew up here. Susan Mercer, yeah. And she's long gone out west somewhere. God knows what she's doing these days. Um, and Tony Sayoto, another local boy, was the news director. I, I still work with Cammy now. Who's that? Cammy uh, Warren. Oh yes, she was a salesperson. Yeah. Yes, we're going back like 18, 19 years. So that, that was the end of that, and then later, in 1990, um, under yet a different ownership, yes, <laughs> I was invited back as a, as a paid performer, and that was my first job. Everyone tells me these stories. Uh, my first job was loading trucks. Yeah, my first job was uh, cleaning windows. My first job was as a broadcaster. Yeah, my first job, too, was a broadcaster, so because... It was my first paying gig, and... Getting that first paycheck, I I took it out and I still have some of these items. I bought a very nice Bugle Boy shirt, which is very popular at the time. <laughs> some very Bugle nice uh, heavy, large, pocketed Bugle Boy jeans, <laughs> which were very popular at the time. And also, these were really popular at the time, and they were kind of expensive for my family at the time because my dad has a history of health problems. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of things were going on during that time period. Well, my mom had seen... A lot of kids wearing these Eastland loafers. So uh -huh. I remember she bought this, um, this like Kmart version of loafers. And I wore them because they were just fine to me. But I, I took them out to Northview High School. And the guy who had the locker next to mine, if you look in the yearbook, they are still alphabetical. 
But this guy, <laughs> Jeff somebody, says, No, nice Eastlands, Pittman. Huh, you're dead. No, that's the guy from King of the Hill. Yes, that's the guy. But he made fun of my shoes, and I, I got really hurt over it. So I said, my first job as the broadcaster that I am, I will go out and buy these Eastland loafers, which were super popular at the time. Everyone had Eastland loafers. I still have those Eastland loafers from 1990. You still have them? They're oh in my, my closet. God. Soles are a bit thin. Um, I put them on every so often just for, you know, to see if somebody notices. Hey, are those Eastland because Eastland still makes a shoe, of course, but they don't look like that, like the ones yeah. from 1990. So I put a little saddle soap on them from time to time to keep them, keep them, uh, keep them lubed, if you will. Oh, great grief! <laughs> but enough about my fashion sense. Yes. <laughs> Any other questions? As we sit here in the middle of the damn night, after I've been, I've been in this office. I showed up yesterday in town at 9:45. Uh huh. And. I went. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Are we still on? Yes. Oh, this is great. I on. came directly to this office from Chicago, and my staff wasn't here. None of the computer files were in yet. The writer hadn't written any stories. So I said, I'm going to get to know this couch again in my office. So I took a nap on my couch, and then early the next morning, I rushed home, got myself ready for the day, wearing a, a very nice Calvin Klein shirt with some. Uh, some, uh, <laughs> we go back with the fashion sets. And, and these are Dockers, but Dockers is really a misleading statement. And they're very nice Dockers. Oh, thank you. Um, Mervyn's California has Dockers, but they're just crap. I'm sorry if you're a Mervyn shopper. They're just crap. Um, <laughs> Penny's has Dockers, which are like a step above the Mervyn's Dockers. Uh -huh. But then you go to Marshall Field, where I shop mostly, and their Dockers are really super nice. They have cuffs, and they're fitted, and, and those are the ones I buy. So mm -hmm. don't be fooled if you... If you if you buy someone Dockers and you just see the tag Dockers and, and go with that, Dockers are not all equal. So I, I wore this outfit in here today. I've been here this morning since 8 a.m. And it's now like almost midnight. And believe me, graphic design is not as easy as you think it is. Leave it to the professionals. Someone with a writing degree and cop credentials should not be doing pagination. <laughs> but I did. But... Centerpoint, oh, Centerpoint Media and the Clay County Journal were doing successfully well. We put out a first edition on March 10th. It was in 12 local retail outlets in Clay County. And I can't find the paper anywhere. That paper, at least. Uh, we sold out. We really did sell out. The people Yay. of Brazil were very much behind us. They really wanted something Yay. new. And they really wanted to spend their money. Yay! Um, <laughs> and the amazing thing about this, and this is a, a shout out my props to all the business folk here in this town. Um, <laughs> when you go and buy a paper from Speedway, Super America, JR Food Mart, um, any of the gas stations here in town, and people, by the way, listening in Chicago, these names don't mean anything, I'm very sorry. <laughs> but any gas station in this town, and really anywhere, I take the paper to them, and many of the places pay me outright 50 cents. And that's what I charge, 50 cents. And when I go to collect the money, they give me 50 cents. There's no tax on papers, which, you know, we, we took care of the British a couple years ago on that issue. Mm -hmm. uh, so papers aren't taxed. So I get my 50 cents. The store gets nothing. It's just a courtesy that, that the paper is even there. So thank you to any business owners uh, for putting up with my paper. I know you don't make a dime off of it, and you're not going to. But, <laughs> but thank you for, for helping, helping to keep me on the map as a business person. Yay! <laughs> 
So what do you want to delve into? Oh God. We can delve into the business angle as we sit here in the office. We can delve into the cop life. I can tell you funny cop stories. Uh, I can tell you what just my past week as a cop, what I've had to experience. Um, <laughs> I, think you had to, I think you told me three house fires in two days? Just one house fire, thankfully. Well, three, technically. It was a uh, townhome unit with three homes attached into one building. So yes, three homes caught fire in, in one uh -huh. complex. Uh, it was a cookout. I They sent two officers and the fire department. Most fires we get called to are... You know, Grandpa fell asleep smoking in bed. He set the, the oh, throw pillow on fire. <laughs> and now, now Grandma Ruthie's mad or something. But this was serious business. Um, uh, two officers got there and said, Oh my goodness, send everybody. So uh, I go rushing over there. I was about five miles out. So I get to do about 100 miles per hour, lights and sirens. And I get to change my tones between intersections. Those of you <laughs> unfamiliar with, with copying, the copying world... I have to change tones when I go through intersections just so people people become hypnotized to sirens. Um, so whenever I go through an intersection or a stoplight, I change my tones. It's cool. All I do is I pound my horn really hard, which, you know, is my pastime. But I pound the horn of the car really hard, and it, and it changes tones. So it goes from... I can do that all night, by the way. Oh, God. Uh, what, pound your horn? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> God. <sighs> the bachelor life is in a great bachelor life in Wisconsin where it gets quite cold and no one keep me company. I should tell everyone right now that this podcast may not be safe for work and probably not safe for the kids either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, only their Cheerios. They have chemicals. But <laughs> so that was one fire, then a car fire, and then, then a grass fire. And this is great. Our, uh, where I work, the, the dispatcher is a civic employee, 17 years on the job, but one of those employees who can't be fired couldn't happen. Can't be fired. He has too many, too much time in the system. He's in the right union. You can't get rid of the guy. He he dispatches me to a grass fire in progress. Well, that could like take out a whole city block. So I'm flying through this woodland preserve area where it's 15 miles per hour. Kids are everywhere. People are out pushing their babies in strollers. I have joggers. I have bikers, and it's 15 miles per hour. I'm screaming through there at probably 40, oh which is quite conservative considering it's a fire in progress. But, you know, people are jumping out of the way. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Where's the fire? I see the smoke. So I... S oh, of all places, the place where this fire is, the road is under construction. That doesn't just mean they took out the pavement. It's some gravel. They took out everything. It's dirt. It's like going through a cornfield, which I haven't done in a while in, in, a, in a Chevy Impala. So I'm plowing through dirt. I'm running over rocks and gravel. I get there. I call him exactly where the fire is, and the same dispatcher who sent me running through children and families and kids on bikes and dirt says, <laughs> oh yeah, be advised, the Department of Natural Resources is holding a, a controlled burn back there. Disregard. What? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Oh, this, this is James and his... All the Mexican construction workers screaming at me for messing up their... Freshly grated, freshly compacted dirt. <laughs> and I know what they're saying because I speak Spanish, which is a great thing. <laughs> that is James in his annoyed voice. So what else, what else do you want to chat about, my dear? Oh my god, what should we talk about? So what do you think of this whole podcasting thing after I after I told you about the show and what it was? Podcasting is neat. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's it's still a mystery to me. Your podcast was really the first podcast I've heard. I've gone on the NPR uh, National uh-huh. Public Radio website. And I've listened to This American Life in their archives. Uh, there's some quite classic episodes. Um, so I've listened to them on streaming audio, and then I've listened to some Bob and Tom audio on streaming audio. Yes. But but never a podcast, never an independent operation like this. So yours was the first. And uh, the the episode I heard was uh, you first discussing your surgery with yes. uh, M- Madge. Madge, in our Chicago. pod mommy, Madge. We love Madge. Mm-hmm. Madge is a girl. Madge, Ma- Madge is a Madge is a lesbian diva goddess, and she knows I said that. So okay, just just wondering. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being a lesbian, especially when it comes to running videos. Anyway, good God. <laughs> Oh, I, I told you when you asked me who Madge was, and I said, well, Madge can really not be explained. Madge needs to be experienced. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> have you met Madge in person, or actually, on the phone and the net? Actually, Madge and I have talked quite a bit. Uh, she likes to Skype me at the last minute. And for uh, those not familiar with tech talk, what would that be then? Skype is... Voice over internet protocol. Basically, what you can do with it is you can call people using the Skype program, and it's like voice over the internet. Okay, a way to screw the phone company. Pretty much. I, I concur <laughs> and I approve. <laughs> I'm George Bush, and I approve this message. Oh man. Um. See, uh, Matt and I we do talk quite a bit. She likes to call me, and. When she does, I normally don't have half my headset plugged in so I can hear her. So she has my my Skype phones ringing. I'm trying to set up my headset so she can hear me. And then all the other time, she's over on the other end saying, Answer the phone! Answer the phone! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's wonderful technology. Um, I just think the Iraqis could be monitoring this, this, this cast at the moment. They wouldn't be learning much either. <laughs> Death to America! Stop it. <laughs> Things are terrible. Yes. But I, 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 I work with many people in the armed forces. Um, boy, who would want to join? And uh, I think we're going to head for a draft pretty soon. But the commercials are getting more creative. It, it's like watching beer commercials from the 80s when you watch these army recruiting commercials now. Well, should we tell them that you are uh, still in the Air Force? I am. Aren't you? No. When did you discharge from the Air Force? <laughs> I caught that. <laughs> I caught that. 1995. 95? Yes. I, I took off uh, Her Majesty's uniform in 1995 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, never looked back. No, I, I'm a civilian baby. I, I work um, with a lot of military around the area in northern Illinois where I work. It's right next to the Navy base. Mm-hmm. So I, I meet a lot of young men and women in, in uniform. Um, and a few out, but, um, oh, brother, <laughs> but I told you guys this is going to be an interesting show, but I, I do salute them, yeah. but no, I, I'm a civilian. Where have you been? Oh, probably with my head up my head. I told you all these, all these great things I've done, all these places I've been, all these adventures. How could I do that in the military? Hi, um, Sarge, um, <laughs> this airman would like to go to England and, and study and speak Spanish and, uh, then be a cop and then be a reporter and then run his own newspaper. Son. I don't think so. You need to be here cleaning that whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, yes, those days my, are my, over. 
you know, if you want to I, fix jet engines, sure, join the Air Force. If you want to operate a multi-million dollar missile system, sure, join, join the Army or, or something. But don't do what I did. Hey, hmm, what's the fastest way out of Indiana? Let's sign yeah, up for the military. military. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. have your priorities in line. Oh, good grief. God, where was I? I know you told... I, I, I remember you telling me that you left. Mm-hmm. But God bless it. I don't... That must have been during that wild... I, I'll, I'll, I'll chalk that up to college. I was in college myself mm -hmm. at the time. <laughs> But, you know, what else? What else do you think would be interesting for the listeners? Um, I'm glad this isn't like a webcam cast. This would be odd. I should have brought it. We could do that as well, yeah. Oh, good grief. <laughs> um, At least if I say things and it's just audio, I can deny everything. <laughs> you can't. Of course, you know, some 14-year-old kid out there in his basement probably has the technology to know if it's my voice or not. <laughs> That's what yes, I've learned about computers. Like... If you want to know anything, ask some junior high school student. Even in 86, um, we had kids in our class that, in yeah. our computer class, that they knew everything. They, they really got into this, and they were coming into computers at a great time. And I, I, really, I really hope some of them got into the business. They would have been brilliant. A few did. A few have done quite well in the yes. sounds. Yes. Uh, and a few others, they're like the most educated people I see at the Clay County lockup. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's sad. People don't realize their potential, and I don't know whether to blame the educational system for not preparing them, or it's it's a broken system. I can't really call anyone a failure because they didn't leave Indiana or they didn't leave the county, but mm -hmm. just to see someone who has done absolutely nothing, they're working at some go-nowhere job after 10 years, 12 years, it's quite sad. Just It just depresses me to see people not reach their potential. Mm, yeah, that that's just the, the thing though. I'm looking at all of these kids that I see on a day-to-day -day basis through the school and I'm like, what am I leaving them with? I Am I leaving them with something that they can actually grasp and use later in life? Or like, I'm starting to second guess myself, James, right now and it, and it freaking mm. sucks. Mm -hmm. It sucks mm -hmm. that I'm letting nine people make me feel like this and it stinks nine people that would be the school board school board oh yeah your position was cut you were eliminated you were scheduled for termination yep Saragana. bye bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the whole political game starts up again mm-hmm because as the listeners know, my dad mm -hmm. is a local politician here, a locally well-respected mm -hmm. politician around here. I didn't think he'd last this long. You know why? Why? Because he's honest. <laughs> <laughs> honest is the day is long. He, he's been in politics, what, 10, 12 years? I said, well, he's not going to make it. He won't get past day one. Hey, and hey, take this payoff. Hey, here's 20 bucks like not to condemn my property. He won't do it. But but people bring them back, and that's really great. I mean, this town isn't exactly known for its most honest politicians. Indiana has only had, um, or actually Clay County has only had one governor, or one person from Clay County who ever won the governorship, and that was a guy named um, Craig, who has a park named after him, George Craig. Yeah. Well, 
his administration in the 1950s was corrupt with some kind of a payoff scandal, some payola deal for uh-huh. the highway system that's going through through the country at the time. So even at the at the highest level, Indiana has not had a greatest showing from Clay County over the years. No. And a side note of trivia, I just found this out when Dad won his um, commissioner's race from that dingling Jeff. I'm not going to say his last name, just in case he listens. Jeff Beelzebub, was that his name? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, what was his last name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that he is the most winningest politician in this county. He has not lost a political race, knock on Formica, in a... That's, that's fiber board, though. Fiber, okay, knock on fiber board. I'm on a budget here, folks. <laughs> in uh, eight years? Mm-hmm. He has not lost a race. That's, 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 that's terrific. And this dude that he was running against was just really sneaky. Um, as the listeners know, Dad had the, the gastric bypass surgery, and he's lost an amazing amount of weight. Mm-hmm. 118 pounds total. Yay, raw for Daddy. And um, it was during the time that he was running, and this ding-dong was spreading rumors telling people that dad was dying. Mm-hmm. He was telling people that dad was dying because he was losing so much weight. Mm. What a bonehead. Well, you can tell him, well, that's that's nice, you know, my, my dad lost all the weight, but <clears throat> I think your wife found it, sir. Oh! Well, you don't see it? Hey, honey, turn around. There it is. Oh, good grief. <laughs> you have had your own political aspirations in, in this community. Yes, You yes. once ran for... County Council, something. District Co- 3. County Council, District 3. Yeah, I ran against Santa Claus in Bermuda shorts. <laughs> he was a freak, whoever he was. <laughs> less. Yeah, less... Yeah, less, less Harding. Great guy. <laughs> don't know him. Hi, Les. Yeah, uh... The first time I had to do a big public thing, Dad um, pulled me aside and he said, you want to see who you're running against? And I said, I guess. And so he pointed over to across the um, one of the exhibit halls at the fairgrounds. And there was this guy, long white beard, looked like Santa Claus, wearing Bermuda shorts, suspenders, socks up to his knees, and shoes about like yours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Oh my God! Mm-hmm. I'm running against him, mm-hmm. and he said, "Yep, you're running against him." And I'm like, "Oh my God!" Then he made every single instance to embarrass me, just because number one, I was a girl; number two, I was young. Because me and another lady who actually won her race, uh, Rita Rothrock. We were trying to become the first females on the county council, period. There's never been a female on the county council until really it's either going to be Rita or me or both. They don't trust females around here. No. Particularly, you know, in any position of power. There has never been a female mayor. There has never been... There are some female pastors... But it's very rare. It's usually like some denomination that's really funky and you would trust anyways. Um, <laughs> well, actually, there have been some United Methodist pastors around here. And United Methodist around here is like like Kmart, you know, in the good days. Um, 
there, there's a Methodist church on every corner. You can't throw a rock and not hit hit a Methodist here or there. Oh my God. So, man. but there are some some female Methodist pastors around here. But that's that's odd. People aren't aren't attuned to that yet. They're not ready to accept uh, their orders, spiritual or otherwise, from uh, from a woman who doesn't pack the right equipment. And that would be, you know. Oh, okay. We won't, we won't go there. <laughs> I tr- what I a try- hot blue gun is that you think I'm I gonna try gonna to run a clean ship. I try to run a clean ship. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I don't want it to go into Madge's putting that weird thought back into my head. I don't yes. want it to. No, no, no. And um, he would make, going back to Les, he would try to make every single instance to embarrass me. For example, the day I saw him for the first time. Um, he brought me over to a group of guys, and Les was having, having to have stand, standing in the group. And he, Dad said, Les, do you know who this young lady is? He, and he had his arm around me, because, you know, Dad, Dad's kind of, Dad's, Dad's kind of proud of me. Mm-hmm. So. Kind of. Quite. <laughs> quite proud of you. And he and Les said, well, it's either your daughter or my competition. Which one is it? And I looked at him and said, sir, I'm both. And then he would just make every single instance that until my darling husband threatened to kick his ass. And hmm. then he stopped. But you know, I... You know what you need to win in politics? Photos. I'm not going topless, James. Don't ask. No, you need photos of your opponent. <laughs> and you don't even need those anymore, right? You know, I have a $1,200 Adobe Photoshop CS program in there. <laughs> Get his driver's license photo and get some photos off the internet. I'm sure we can put something together. Oh, good God. <laughs> oh, God dang it. Are we still recording this? Yes. All right. We still are. Yeah. The, the uh, hard drive on that thing crashed mm-hmm. two days ago, and I just reinstalled the new one today. Mm-hmm. So it's still got the defaults. Mm-hmm. All that lovely stuff. And you look tired. It's it's been a long day, and this was my day off from from oh. putting away the the scum of the world. Oh, you know, and I say that, but honestly, when you you know you see cops, and it's always the guy with no shirt. You show up on a scene, the guy with no shirt is always the guy going to jail, and that holds true in real life. Actually, <laughs> I roll up on a scene, guy doesn't have a shirt. Sometimes a girl doesn't have a shirt, and I'm saying, "Yep, they're the one going down to county tonight." <laughs> but in real life, as as one discovers doing this job as a police officer. The nicest people in the world have to go to jail. People you would, you almost want to bring over to your house because they're missing something in their lives. They're missing a friend. They're missing someone to really care about them. Um, the nicest people in the world have to go to jail, especially in a domestic violence situation. The hubby says, she pulled a knife on me. Well, I don't believe a word of it, but mm. if I ignore it and I go away and she actually does pull out the knife and the chainsaw and kills him, now the police department's liable and I'm liable and so I put the nicest mothers and women in jail over over silly stuff. It gets tossed out, as I know it will, but the law says, Honey, you got to go somewhere for the night and it's the, the county hotel. So mm-hmm. that's one thing one discovers as being a police officer. The nicest people in the world you have to do the most the, the, the most terrible things to. Mm-hmm. The burden of, of, of what you have to do. Well, James, we must do this again. Mm-hmm. We got to see how much how the gentle audience out there takes 
you and me rambling <laughs> about mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. knows what. And now that I know you're going to be back in town every mm-hmm. two weeks putting it mm-hmm. in your damn paper, I know mm-hmm. where I can call mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And in the next show, we'll go over my favorite Shakespearean plays, and I will read passages from Henry V, <laughs> where, I will, where I will reenact the part of the chorus. And you do have a good voice. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. And James, thank you, sweetie. While still in infant bands, of whose affairs so many had the managing that we lost England, or we lost France, and made his England bleed. Mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Let this acceptance take. And bring back Madonna, way before Nirvana, there was you two and Blondie.